greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Jr. was in the ring, that you were watching one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Dory Jr. watches and he thinks every minute. He's got his eye on his opponent. He knows what he's doing. My father expected excellence. He was so hard on me that the other wrestlers kind of got behind me and said, hey, the kid's doing pretty good. I'd like to pay special thanks to some of the people that helped me get this belt. I'd like to thank my father. I'd like to thank my brother because They've worked out with me for the past six months and they prepared me for the match. I believe when I went in that ring, I was really ready for it. Rory Funk Jr. was a master at the art of mat wrestling. Absolutely incredible. In the ring, Dory was unsurpassed as being just a wrestling machine. I mean, cool, calm, and collected at all times. Move like a cat. That's what I used to love to watch. Dory Funk Jr. was a world champion like for four years. Never lost the belt. I thought that that was a wonderful thing. He was a young guy that had the opportunity to carry the weight of the belt. He was a great champion. Hello and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, JP John Paz, right here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire, a part of the TMPT feed each and every week here on the Hogan Era Podcast. We're talking about some of the greatest matches, moments, and feuds ever in the history of the business, of course, all predicating around the era of the golden era, 1984 to 1993 in the WWF. Here each and every week, we are focusing on some of the greatest feuds. Really, we've been talking about Roddy Piper, Paul Mondorf, Andre the Giant, Kamala, the One Man Gang, Big Boss Man, The Undertaker, Ric Flair, and the list goes on and on and on forever. Today is going to be a little bit different, but still in that same vein because it was a much smaller feud, but it was a part of a, of a bigger feud for Hogan, which you know could have been even bigger. And now, if you look at the landscape of action figures and what's going on out there, they just recently released. Basically, what they're saying is you know LJN style, but they're not really. They look like the LJN figures, but they're really you know, they're, they're the Mattel figures, but they're these awesome new. I guess you could call them ultimate collections 
of the Immortal Hulk Hogan were in the white shirt and Terry Funk. I know they're not exactly what they're like in the, in the pictures and exactly what they were like in the LJNs. I think uh, Terry Funk's chaps are a little bit different, but basically they made a two-pack. It's going to be Hulk Hogan and Terry Funk. They both look amazing. I love it. And it's LJN inspired. Not exactly, because I believe the chaps, I think uh, Funk's chaps, if I remember correctly, are green in the LJNs. And I think these ones are more of like a beige color. So interesting, though, to note that that feud, obviously, which we've talked about before in the show, Hogan versus Terry Funk, was a big one. And they had many matches and spanned uh, you know, a lot of different shows, including Saturday Night's main event. But it also you know, led to Haas Funk, a.k.a. Dory Funk, his brother, kind of being led in, into that feud as well and being a part of it with the Hulkster, too. We'll get to you know that in a second. But just want to mention, very cool figures. Obviously, check them out. I think they're even sold out already. I saw somebody put it online that they try to get it. First thing in the morning, it was sold out. So I know anything Hogan, anything those figures are going to be hard to get. The fans from the golden age of wrestling, if you will, the fans from the Hogan era, they are diehard fans, they are loyal fans, and they love pretty much anything Hogan, he put out there anything from that era is awesome. So when you have a Hulk figure that looks like his LJM with the white shirt, when you have a Terry Funk figure that looks like his LJM figure, pretty damn awesome. And I just love they're highlighting a feud to me that was kind of under the radar for the WWF in 86, and that is Hogan versus Terry Funk, which, of course, also is why we're talking today about Dory Funk, Dory Funk Jr., a.k.a. Haas Funk. Now, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, if you will, uh, as far as like why the hell he's Haas Funk, but let's just put it on the surface here. For some godforsaken reason, Vince McMahon thinks like, okay, we could turn Harley Race into a king. He'll be a king. Maybe the king of wrestling, but does he really need to be the king with the crown and stuff? He made it work, but probably not. It's probably a little bit silly for Harley Race to do that. Whatever. For Dory Funk Jr., the same thing. It's like, oh man, let's give him a, a southern gimmick. Uh, you know, he's you know, 14 years, whatever has passed uh, since he's been the NWA champion. This is WWF. Nobody remembers that stuff. Nobody remembers that this guy's one of the greatest of all time. One of nobody's going to remember that this guy's an absolute god, an absolute legend in the NWA world. But let's just call him Haas Funk, which is obviously very southern, trying to make him sound even more southern, make him trying to sound even more f- from Texas. To me, odd name, really weird. I thought it was weird then. You know, as, as a kid, I think it's even weirder now. Um, you know, maybe even as a kid, he don't even realize like that he was Dory Funk, the, the legend. But as you're growing up and you're starting to realize the history of the business, study the business, you're like, oh shit, they called Dory Funk Jr. Haas Funk. Kind of a little disrespectful, maybe yes, but you know, he did it, did it for a payday, and and that, that that's all fine and well. But I don't know how exactly excited, enthralled, or happy he was with it. But he was Haas Funk for about a six month period of time in the WWF, starting in 1986. Just want to throw that out there. Just want to talk about that for a second because I thought that was really interesting that why the hell is he Haas Funk? You know what I mean? But, hey, that's Vince McMahon and his uh, quote-unquote genius, and that's just the way he thought. But very weird, very strange. But I just thought when you're looking at it, it's like, okay, Hogan kind of is having these brief feuds with these NWA champions, but they're not really getting pumped up as much. I know eventually with Ric Flair, that'll become a big deal, but not as big as it could have been had they WrestleMania, uh, main event and WrestleMania 8 together. would have been huge, but it's funny where Vince kind of shoehorns these former NWA champions and these wrestling legends. Yes, they can feud with Hulkster, but they're not going to get these huge matches with Hulkster. Saturday Night's main event, yes, but maybe not some pay-per-views, maybe not these, these just you know gigantic shows, maybe some MSGs in Boston, some St. Louis's, but you're not going to get the big pay-per-view matches and, and the big 
blow-offs, even though Hogan had awesome matches with Terry Funk. Obviously, he had some matches here with Dory, which we'll get into. He had some matches with Flair, obviously a ton. And then, of course, his awesome feud in 87 with Harley Race, where they just tore down the house in Philly and, and Boston and a few other places. I mean, it's one of those things where, I don't know, maybe Vince just, uh, you know, if you weren't made in the WWE, WWF, he wasn't very high on you, and you weren't getting that big monster push. Though you could also say, like, you're going to move – Piper out of the way, you're going to move Orndorff out of the way, you can move Savage out of the way, you can move Andre out of the way. Who are you moving out of the way to give these NWA guys a big push against Hogan in the pay-per-view limelight or in, on the bigger scale events? You know, it, it, maybe it is what it is as far as that, and maybe I'm thinking about it too deeply. But to me, one of the things where I think they could have got more highlighted and more big matches, especially Terry Funk and, and Hogan. But if you look at Dory Funk Jr., you look at the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Tory Funk Jr. wins it from Gene Kaniski, February 11th, 1969. He holds the title for over 1,500 days before losing it to Harley Race. And if everybody knows that infamous story, he was supposed to lose it to Jack Briscoe. He had a quote-unquote accident on the farm, and that didn't happen. But uh, that is some really, really interesting stuff, and we go into very more much more detail on the Dr. Tom podcast, taking you to school. We'll go very, very deep into that. And I kind of love that story too, because what was going on with Funk and Briscoe, like the, the Funks, the Briscoes obviously had their feuds and you know, Dory Funk senior had an issue with Dory Funk junior dropping the title to Jack, but he drops it to Harley and Harley drops it to Jack about 57 days later. And you know, the, the rest is history there, but Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk would have a feud over the NWA title, and Jack Briscoe would beat him many a times. And it's one of those things, if you go back and you watch those matches, my God, do they hold up well. I know you're thinking, oh, Paz, you're crazy. 1970s, Briscoe versus Funk. Watch those matches. It's like uh, Dynamite Tiger Mask or Brett versus Sean or you know whatever two great workers at the time you want to talk about. That was it with Funk and Briscoe. They were so good and they were so amazing. And they had such a great chemistry. But it's just interesting, the, the little backstory of maybe Dory Funk probably should have dropped the title to uh, Jack Briscoe without having to ha Harley go in between. But it is what it is, and that's a different story for different days. We're focusing in on the Hogan era here. So obviously a huge NWA World title run for Dory Funk Jr. He is an NWA Hall of Famer. He is a WWE Hall of Famer in the class of 2009. Obviously a huge legend in Western states. I mean, we want to go to Stampede. He was a legend. Uh, Puerto Rico, Southeast Championship Wrestling, he would wrestle uh, as part of the St. Louis Hall of Fame. Obviously wrestled a ton there for the NWA. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Obviously a huge legend in Florida. Georgia, he wrestled a little bit in the CWA in Memphis. So, I mean, he really made his way around as the proverbial legendary territory wrestler would and an nwa world's champion would obviously was a huge legend in all japan pro wrestling as well you name it he's been a hall of famer there you name it he's been a legendary wrestler there he's just one of those guys who is he got amongst men as far as like the workers worker and if you're an old school guy if you're an historian like me you love a guy like dory funk and i always say which people say you know you're crazy terry funk was way better I don't know if you go and watch in ring. I mean, if we're just talking about in ring character wise, obviously Terry was, was the best and, 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 you know, he blows Dory out of the water, but man, go back and watch T Dory work. What an awesome worker. Brett Hardigrew is me as well. His favorite wrestler and, and probably the, the best worker he saw. So to me, Dory Funk Jr. You got to give him respect. You got to give him his just due. 
I know a lot of people give it to Terry because obviously, you know, they, they, you know, he's middle aged and crazy and, and all the, the other fun stuff that he did in the awesome promos and the I quit matches with Flair and, you know, so on and so forth. But for your wrestler's wrestler, for your worker's worker, for the guy that really was a true champion, I know Dory, uh, Terry Funk was also an NWA champion, but Dory Funk was an NWA champion for much longer and had a really more impactful run. I'd say Dory Funk is the better worker of the two, the better wrestler of the two. I'm sure Terry would admit it as well. So when you look at Dory Funk, let's talk about the WWF. When he joins the WWF as Haas Funk, 210-1986, All-Star Wrestling, Brantford, Ontario, Canada, the Funk brothers, Haas and Terry, defeated Chuck Simpson and George Wells in about four minutes. They would have a dark match in championship wrestling for Poughkeepsie, New York, where they defeated... Yvonne McDonald and Jeff Gripley in about five minutes. That was on 218.86. Another match on 218.86 that actually made it to air. That that first match I mentioned was a dark match. This one made it to air. Terry and Haas, aka Dory Funk, defeated Nathan Valu, excuse me, Nelson Valu and SD Jones in about six minutes. Of course, again, they're part of the TV taping at the Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. The Funk brothers would then go on to get a bunch of Big time tag team victories, and not really big time, but you know they're, they're wrestling on All Star Wrestling Championship Wrestling. They're getting a bunch of wins, really, before they're kind of getting a little bit of juiced up before the big contest with Hulk Hogan and the Junkyard Dog. Three eight nineteen eighty six WWF on Nesson. Yes, it was on the TV program, um, part of the Boston Garden TV Network, of course, in Boston, Massachusetts. The Junkyard Dog and Hulk Hogan defeated the Funk Brothers, Haas and Terry, about 11 minutes, 30 seconds. That match is out there and a good one and it's available. So anything that's on Nesson, obviously, you know, we talked about this before. Prism Network out of Philly, you had TV. MSG Network out of New York, you got it here in New Jersey and obviously New York as well. The Z Channel out there in California, you had some in Los Angeles area, you had some TV there. So really cool stuff that you got to see Hogan and JYD against the Funk Brothers on TV. They followed up the next day in Landover, Maryland, not on TV, just a part of a house show. 3-9-1986, Hogan and JYD defeated Haas and Terry. Then, of course, the next night was a three-on-two handicap match from the Brendan Byrne Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, my home away from home. It was Ricky Steamboat and JYD defeating Jimmy Hart and the Funk Brothers by DQ. Then we go on the next night again. The uh, Funk Brothers are beating Ivan McDonald and SD Jones. Then Haas Funk gets a one on one match this time, 3 12, 1986. Illinois Haas Funk defeats the legendary George Wells. Then here's a big tag match on 314-86, part of a house show in Pittsburgh, PA. The Funk Brothers defeated Dan Spivey and Lanny Poffo. What a team there. Then on 315-86 from the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, Haas Funk defeats S.T. Jones, a part of Prime Time Wrestling. So he's starting to get some love there. 316-86, Haas Funk defeats Scott McGee, who obviously uh, a bit of a uh, South Florida legend, if you know him from his days there and obviously him and Terry uh, Dory Funk and Terry Funk have wrestled before. So look at Scott McGee getting some good, good action here. Uh, the house show in the Met center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, obviously Dory, AKA Haas gets the win. They have a match on TSN, a part of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada show. Haas Funk defeats Scott McGee there. That's on 317 86. Then again, as we join the Hogan, a feud in progress here, 
Hogan and JYD defeated the Funk Brothers in Kansas City, Missouri at the Old Kemp Arena. That's on 3-20-1986, then on 3-22-1986. Once again, Hogan and JYD defeated Haas and Terry Funk at the Auditor- at the Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, Missouri. Then the follow actually, it's done the same day, but um, in, a, in a different town and in a different place. They obviously had to fly the Funk Brothers and JYD out for this one, but a part of Denver, Colorado house show. Ricky Steamboat and Junkyard Dog defeated Haas and Terry Funk. So two and one action there for the Funk Brothers. And it's odd that, you know, not involving the Hulkster again as he wrestled them earlier in the day, but that's because Hulk did wrestle later on that night. So basically what happened is Hulk... Junkyard Dog and the Funks go from St. Louis up to Denver. Dog then teams up with Steamboat, faces the Funk Brothers. Hogan in the main event defeated the Magnificent Morocco. So big time there for the Funks and for Hulk and obviously JYD. Part of a dark match, part of the primetime tapings at the Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, Ontario, Canada on 3-23-1986. Andre the Giant and Junkyard Dog defeated Jimmy Hart and Haas and Terry Funk. Then the Funk Brothers get a big-time victory at a house show at the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, PA on 328-86 and 329-86 from the Memorial Auditorium in Buffalo, New York as the Funks defeated the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kids. So big wins there. Then Haas Funk gets a win over Nathan Valu and Ron Hutchinson. The Funk Brothers then defeat. Oh, as we go to WrestleMania 3. Got to mention that, of course. First, 4 7 1986. Excuse me, WrestleMania 2. Sorry. 4 7 1986. WrestleMania 2. What the world is coming to. This is, of course, the uh, part where they're in the sports arena in Los Angeles, California. The Funk Brothers, Haas and Terry Funk, defeated Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana in 13 minutes. So great WrestleMania win there for the Funk Brothers. Then on 4-20-86, part of a house show, Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. Hulk Hogan and the Junkyard Dog defeated Haas Funk and King Kong Bundy. Interesting there. We'll go to a house show at the War Memorial in Johnstown, PA, 424-86. The Junkyard Dog defeated Haas Funk there. Then we're going to have a few two-on-three handicap matches, one at a house show and then one a part of Nesson. Jimmy Hart and the Funk Brothers, excuse me, three-on-three match, not three-on-two, I'm sorry, three-on-three match. Jimmy Hart and the Funk Brothers defeated Ricky Steamboat, Junkyard Dog, and the Haiti Kid on 427-86. Haas Funk would defeat Chunky. Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm looking at Junkyard Dog. Haas Funk would defeat the legendary Tony Gurria. I noticed that nobody else picked up on this, but Michael Cole called him the late great Tony Gurria. He is not late. He is still alive. A little bit of a screw up there. Uh, misspoken by Michael Cole at the recent PLE event for the WB, but he is still alive, folks, and he's alive and well. That was, of course, in Manchester, New Hampshire. So as he continues to go through his run a lot of tag matches with not only terry funk but with jimmy jack funk as well so they even throw jesse Barr in the ring there to make him another funk and they would defeat uh, jim powers and st jones they throw him out there and he'd uh, be a part of a six man with jimmy hart of course and then haiti kid King Tonga and the Junkyard Dog, and they'd exchange victories back and forth there. The Junkyard Dog defeats Haas Funk in a few house shows. Then the Funk Brothers would defeat 
course, not I'm talking about Haas and Jimmy Jack Funk would defeat George Wells and Rudy Diamond, then George Wells and Lenny Poffo, then George Wells and Dan Spivey. So George Wells, a bit of a thorn in the side there for Haas Funk for, for quite a while there. Interesting. There is an 11-man battle royal from Davenport, Iowa, won by George Steele. That was also had Jimmy Jack Funk and Haas Funk in there. The Funk brothers, Jimmy Jack and Haas Funk, defeated Lenny Poffo and Tony Correa. Then there's a few house show matches with Junkyard Dog defeating Haas Funk. There's a big MSG show on 6-14-1986 where Haas Funk defeats George Wells in about 10 minutes on the MSG Network, part of the Madison Square Garden New York City show. And then as you're going through, there was a big match on a house show in the Brendan Byrne Arena, East Rutherford, New Jersey, 6-22-1986. Excuse me. The dog collar match. Junkyard Dog defeated Haas Funk. Interesting there. Then there's a bunch of matches where Paul Roma and SG Jones are getting victories over Haas Funk and Jimmy Jack Funk as he's kind of working his way out here. The American Express of Dan Spivey and Mike Rotundo would defeat the Funks. The Funks would then get their victory back the next day and they would beat the American Express. Kind of go back and forth there. Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik fought the Funks to a no contest in Miami, Florida on 8-6-1986. Then finally, the Funk Brothers would get a tag team title match, part of a house show, Binghamton, New York, 8-17-1986. The Bulldogs defeated Haas and Jimmy Jack Funk. Again, they have a rematch in Cincinnati, Ohio. The Bulldogs win again. They have a rematch in Detroit, Michigan. The Bulldogs win again. And then finally, MSG, a part of the MSG Network show, big 825-86. Davey Boy and Dynamite Kid defeated the Funk Brothers, Haas and Jimmy Jack Funk in about six minutes. Then they lose to George Steele and Junkyard Dog. Then they lose to the Killer Bees. And then a part of the Sam Mushnick Tournament, Sam Mushnick Memorial Tournament, first round on 829-1986 in St. Louis, Missouri at the Kilo Auditorium. Pedro Morales would defeat Haas Funk. He then would defeat him one more time at the Rosemont Horizon on 830-1986. And that was really his last match, a part of the Hogan era. But the big match that I skipped over, that was the biggest match that he had during the Hogan era as far as Haas Funk is concerned, 5-1-1986. WWF Saturday Night's main event, number six, from Providence, Rhode Island. Hulk Hogan and JYD, the Junkyard Dog, defeated Haas Funk and Terry Funk in 13 minutes and 30 seconds. I think that is the match that I think everybody remembers as far as the Funk brothers being together and being a part of the Hogan era. When you look at it, at the last match against Pedro Morales on 830 is basically gone. Basically, sixth or seventh month run for Haas Funk, who inauspiciously is Haas and not Dory Funk, which I mentioned, which I, th- I think is crazy, but uh, it is what it is. And Vince is, uh, you know, he or was a crazy billionaire genius. So, you know, it, it is what it is. And you got to, I guess, you know, take the good with the bad sometimes. But hey, at least he got a bunch of matches with the Hulkster. He got about six or seven matches. He's a part of the Terry Funk feud, which was great for the Hulkster and drew a, a ton of money. He, of course, comes back for Royal Rumble 1996, which was won by Shawn Michaels at the Selland Arena in Fresno, California, 121-1996. And pretty cool just to throw him out there and, you know, give him some respect as a legend and put him in that match and and just really call him Dory Funk instead of calling him Haas Funk. So that was uh, 
you know, a nice little touch there for kind of the, the dwindling days of Dory Funk's in-ring career. I know, technically speaking, which is crazy, he wrestled in 2018 in Japan. Uh, he's well into his, his 70s now, but given the, the respect and given you know, how great he is, you, you got to give it to him and you, you can't disrespect him at all for that. So really, not a big-time feud for the Hulkster, but a cool one and one that I always love that like, Oh wow. Holy shit. Hogan fought Tory Funk. He fought him a bunch of times. They had six or seven tag matches. So, um, pretty cool that, uh, that that was a part of it. And I love that. That's one of the things for the Hogan era. Yes. You know, the obvious feuds, the Andres, the Bundy's the studs, but I love those intermediate feuds as other feuds. Like, Holy shit. That's awesome that he wrestled that guy. And that is awesome that Hogan had a little mini feud in 1986 with the legendary Tory funk jr so let's hit the plugs you can follow me on twitter and instagram at two-man power trip check out the website tmptempire.com go to patreon patreon.com slash tmptempire go to tpublic tpublic.com slash stores slash tmpt and pick up your hogan era shirt today also go to manscape manscape.com and get 20 percent off and free shipping use the promo code power trip 20 that is manscape.com use that promo code power trip 20. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for Little Hogan Era Podcast. I'll see you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. Mother had nine, father had nine months, and the best thing that could come up the name of his junkyard.
All right, tag back in now. Terry Funk. And uh, Haiti Kid looking on, and he Haiti. caught a good luck. Haiti, Haiti, Haiti Kid set a record. He's the only human being that can do 250 sit-ups underneath a Chevy. Ooh, what a shot. Elbow follow-through. Terry Funk. Trying to bring a junkyard dog. Yes, he does. Has him in the front corner now. Should never hit him in the head. It's amazing how Mother Nature protects the weakest part of the body with the strongest. Look at this double team effort. Hogan coming over to break it up. Get Hogan out of there. Get him out of there. Come on. Double that's team effort now. No, that's what you call teamwork. The Funk Brothers. Boy, and Jimmy Hart jumping for joy on that occasion. If Duran would have had that punch, he'd still be boxing. Somebody ought to get a step ladder so that little subhuman can see into the ring. All right, right now, boxing. Oh, block! Nice! The junkyard dog with a right hand spins Terry Funk around. Terry Funk reaching for the tag. Jimmy Hart pleading. Finally, the tag is made by the Funk Brothers. Come on, Hoss, slow it down. Keep it to your pace. <laughs> the dog now. Riding up Hoss Funk. Out in front, reversal. Uh-oh, this is a goodbye dog. Oh! Pretty missing. Hoss, Terry Funk in there. The Hulkster sends the Funk Brothers together. Down to the concrete again, Terry Funk. Hulk Hogan's completely gone nuts in there. With the branding iron in his hand, Jimmy Hart. I like it, I like it. No, no. Oh, Midget Shiskabob, my favorite. I love it. I love it, Jimmy. I'm proud of you. Pace running for his life, Jimmy Hart. Looking over the officials. He is literally running for his life. Hulk Hogan coming after Jimmy Hart. He harpooned that little specimen, didn't he? Jimmy Hart safely. Look at this. The Haiti kid hurt. Hurt badly, I think. See, when you mess with the big boys, you get hurt. Hope all midgets out there remember that. Stay in your own realm. I can't believe what we just saw. I took a lot of guts on the part of the Funk Brothers and Jimmy Hart. Oh, look at that. Oh, it looks like, looks like Junkyard Dog's on his way to rent a midget. Sitting hey, well, the another dog is not back, nor is the Haiti kid. I don't know where he could be with that little midget. He probably just went out back and dumped him. If he's smart, he better stay out there, too. Right now. It's Hulk Hogan, hammering away on Hoss Fox, slamming down the camera, right hand, and Terry Fox takes one, down he goes, what do you now, Jim Table, look at Terry Fox knocked down again, and Hulk Hogan, single-handedly, was cleaning house moments ago, but now the junkyard dog is back. I don't see no sign of the Haiti kid, do you, Mr. McMahon? I don't think we'll see the Haiti kid for a while, right now. I don't now. think you'll ever see him again. Hoss Funk backs the champion in the corner. Whew, what a forearm uppercut. Hoss Funk with another one. A series of forearm uppercuts. The champion pulled off in the middle ring. Suplex coming up. No, Hulkster blocks it. Hoss Funk, high in cover, could be over two. Almost, look at Terry Funk coming in. Chuck your dog in there now. Headbutt on Hoss. I think you're gonna have to get a traffic cop to direct this match. That referee. Hulk Hogan whipped to the ropes down to the concrete floor. Oh, wait a minute, Terry Funk's there behind him. Here comes with a branding iron right oh. to the ribs that keeps John Bundy hurt a couple of months ago. Well, you know that old saying, what's good for a midget is good for a Hulk. Terry Funk, kick it away. Come on, Jimmy, get some. Give me a break, look at that. Come on, Jimmy, where are you shooting, Don? Come on, Jimmy, kick it. Go for three points. The champion taking abuse from both Terry Funk and Jimmy Hurst. Setting him out. Where's he taking him? He's taking him out to the crowd. Taking him back to Midget City. He's going to put him out back to the Midget. Champion is slammed. Look at Oh, yeah. Blood slammed to the concrete floor. The dog over there. Where's the referee? Can't he stop this? 
Setting him up now. The judge has got whipped turning foot. The champion waiting for him. No. No. Black body oh. against the concrete floor. Yeah, a real proud man. Oh, a real proud man, isn't he? Come on, Jimmy. You got to get him up. You got to get him moving. I think it's all over, but it's not all over for Hoss. Funk taking more abuse. Look at him up. Go over well, if you know the funks like I know, the funks is never all over. I don't care what your opinion is. And down into the junkyard dog. Wait a minute. The tag is made. The Haiti kid's back now. Yes, how about that? That shows his testimony. Fortitude. Oh, wait a minute. Is that the same midget? You know, you can't tell them apart. You've seen one midget, you've seen them all. The junkyard dog. And there with Hoss Funk. Tries to set him up now. Whips him to the buckle. And move. Oh, did you see that? A right hand into the esophagus. Forearm uppercut. The Bucks once again with momentum on their side. Hoss Funk looking to make the tag. And the Haiti kids smarting from the attack. Wait a minute. What's he got a headset on? That's the worst toothache I've ever seen on him. He's looking for sympathy. The only thing he's missing is a flag and a drum. All right, the Haiti kid leading his capacity crowd on. This is JYD. JYD. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. He's not leading the people on. You know what he's doing? That's how you hail a cab in Haiti. He's looking to get out of there, pal. He's looking for a way home. Ooh, what a left hand by Terry Funk. Look at that look in the face of the dog. Junkyard setting up Terry Funk. Ooh, a double clothesline. Both of them down. You know, I'm tired of that midget obstructing my view. Trying to the dog trying to tag out, inching over to the corner of the hook to reach out for the tag. Terry Funk pulls him back. Why doesn't the, kick out by the top. Why doesn't the referee get the Haiti kid off that apron? If Hart was up, it would be on his case. Slam by Terry Funk. Terry Funk out on the apron now. He's trying to polish off the judge oh. dog. Going up, going up to the top rope. Take the onus up to the top. It's he all. does, he misses. No. Jimmy Hart. Oh, 
excited is amazing. The Hoaxer and the Jet Dragon with a fabulous victory, almost against all odds here in Providence. And Hulkamania is running wild. Now, what do you got with the Hulkster?